Life Happens with Pimelo Mutine. Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. On SAFM. Nine minutes after one. Good afternoon to you. Welcome to the show. It's going to be a really interesting conversation that I'm going to kick off today with. And I just want you to start dialing in because it involves you as a citizen of this country. It involves you. It involves me. It involves every single one of us. Uh, it involves also our government. So I'm going to be opening the lines on 891 because my question to you this morning is this afternoon. It's already afternoon. My question this afternoon to you is... Well, what's your relationship with your government right now? How are you doing? How are you? Are you in good terms? Are you kind of fed up with them? Are you, how are you doing? How do you feel about your government? It's important because I think they need to know how you feel about them. And the only barometer cannot be the election. So let's let's dip it in. Let's go in and ask ourselves, how are you doing today and how do you feel about your government? Later on, I'm also going to be going into the life of Professor Jake Scherbel. Um, there is going to be a lovely uh, webinar that's going to be taking place on Thursday and Friday uh, by the Professor Jake Scherbel's uh, uh, fellowship. And uh, we're just going to be speaking about the man that was Professor Scherbel. And if you knew him, what a lovely gentleman he was. So we're going to be celebrating his life and just uh, kicking back and just reminiscing on uh, the life that he was and what a gentleman and what an academic that we lost in his wonderful, very quiet demeanor, but very powerful at the same time. So that's really coming up a little bit later on, just after two o'clock. But let's kick it off. Um, my guests this afternoon are Tessa Dooms, a social analyst and director at Jasoro Consulting, as well as Dr. J.J. Dabani, communication specialist and broadcaster. Thank you so much both to, for, for joining us this afternoon. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Pamela. Afternoon Thank to you, you and hello well. to you, Teza. So let me start I'm with very you. Very well, Dr. Tabani. <laughs> let me start with you, Tessa. <laughs> um, so, how are you feeling about your government today? So, the same way um, I was I'm feeling, feeling very for the good last twenty years. Um, okay, let's start, let's start. Let's start with you, Tessa. So, how I'm feeling? I'm feeling very confused. Mm. Um, confused more than anything because I feel like right now I don't understand um, how my government operates, who it's listening to, why it's listening to particular people and not others. And I don't understand the basis on which it, it functions and um, even its morality and its excellent question for me. And so when I look at government at this point, um, I, I look at it through this haze of just um, feeling very distant from it and feeling like whatever it's trying to say to me, um, I certainly don't trust because I don't understand its rationales. Hmm. Okay, so you're saying you're feeling confused. JJ says, no, I've been feeling like this for a while. How long have you been feeling like this, JJ? NC government is very con- has been very consistent. Uh, uh, you know, as they say, you know, when someone shows you who they really are, you've got to believe them, hmm. you know. So there's absolutely nothing new they are doing. It's just that in a crisis, uh, these things get accentuated. So if there was incompetence in as far as school infrastructure is concerned, now that has been proved beyond reasonable doubt because uh, you know it, it, it is coming to show that schools didn't have water, didn't have sanitation. They don't even see the irony in saying we have distributed 2,000 water tanks. Mm-hmm. Why were these, this, well, this not done six months ago? Uh, it's been done now because this is life and death. Has it not been life and death that people didn't have water? So they're, they're consistent. 
uh, quite frankly. Corruption, surely we can't be surprised, right? Uh, you know, some of us called it even before the COVID uh, procurement happened to say there will be corruption just as people are dying. Others are going to think this is an opportunity to steal. So I, I, I frankly don't think there's anything quite new. It may be that because now we're all facing life and death, we, we have to be more concerned that these habits that have set in over the last 25 years are not changing. Incompetence, uh, being tone deaf, not listening to what citizens are saying and all of this. All of these things have been there with us uh, and we've tried as much as possible to ignore them, to, to believe that they will change. But frankly, what needs to change is, uh, is, is, is who governs us. That's what needs to change. There's no other way to explain this away now. Tessa, JJ is saying they've been pretty consistent. You are saying there has been a trust deficit. How long have you been feeling this way or has it escalated to a new level? The trust deficit, I mean, I think it's been very long term for many of us. And it's not only because of things like um, corruption. I think JJ is out very well that um, the inability to deliver services and the inability to put people into positions where we feel like, okay, this person um, is both competent on paper, but also displays an understanding of the country. And I think that's where, for me, um, the ANC particularly um, is concerning for me. But I don't get a sense that the people who govern the country have an understanding of the country. And I said a few times before, Thomas Lyle, um the ANC who fought for liberation, um, those same people who govern us now, haven't lived in the South Africa. That's post-1994. They haven't actually lived what it means to be um, young and black and in townships and rural areas in this country. And so they've lived in a bubble version of post-apartheid South Africa. And so it just seems like they don't understand the country. And if you don't understand um, the people whom you are governing and meant to deliver services for, then it's not a surprise that you don't, you don't see why schools without water and sanitation for 26 years is a problem, why you don't understand the impacts of corruption. It's because you're not living in the same country that we're living in. So if we can all agree that we've been on this trajectory for a while, then my question to you, and JJ is particularly to you, you know this, you once worked for government as well. My question is, at what point do we then, as citizens, start taking responsibility? You know the concept of you get a leader that you deserve. Because I'm yeah, starting to yeah. get the sense that at some point we need to start being part of the conversation. We need to be asking ourselves, but have we enabled this level of corruption, of, of, of non-accountability, of all the things that Tessa has just been speaking about? Have we not abdicated ourselves from taking the responsibility of the kind of governance that we see we we, we have i mean I, I just throw my hands in the air frankly you know uh, everyone if you would recall in the media space in the political space was looking forward to 2019 saying this is it we got to uh, uh, you know uh, uh, over topple the anc let me put it as bluntly as that right and none of that happened in fact if anything 20 19 simply reinstated the status quo. You know, only the EFF grew marginally. The DA lost votes. The ANC lost a little bit of marginal votes. But frankly, the, the, the pecking order did not change. And, and, and it's clear with what is happening with the coronavirus that if all it, all it did was to increase complacency of those who are governing. So citizens, uh, you know, have no one to blame. That's why I've always said 
you know, no point in calling radio stations and shouting and what have you. You have to get involved in the community, right? Uh, you have to get involved in civil society. You got to get involved in the politics because if you don't get involved in the politics, the politics are got are gonna get involved with you. So, so citizens have to I, stop I, complaining I that those people not even bother to vote. Go ahead, Tessa. Hmm? Go ahead. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I agree with JJ in terms of the fact that we need to get more involved um, at community level in civil society and in politics. But I think that the 2019 elections actually showed us two things about um, South Africans. The first is that we saw this escalation in the number of parties that emerged. And these small parties, many of them rooted in local um, context and in, in local communities. So we have 48 parties on a national ballot. We had many more parties that emerged in um, provincial ballots. And so people do want to get involved. It's a matter of us seeing the value in that. Because even if you look at the, the parties that didn't get seats in Parliament, look at last count, there were about a half a million votes spread between those parties. So suddenly there is an appetite for something different. The second big thing that we saw at the elections was the number of people who stayed away. And we can't yeah. call that um, an indictment yeah. against people if we understand that, number one, they're saying we don't trust the system. And something about the system is broken and something about the system must change because people are also seeing that even when they vote for somebody different, they get the same treatment. We're seeing in the Western Cape today, people are, uh, who voted differently who are still being treated poorly. So people are saying there's something wrong with the system. And I think um, this, this electoral reform conversation that's now being kicked off by the Constitutional Court is one opportunity. I think the 2021 or whatever election, the local government elections are going to be, is another opportunity for us to say, let's pick people in our own communities to represent us, people we can, we hold, we can hold accountable. And let's try a different system of governance and a different system of elections and see if something works. All right. I'm going to take calls on 0891-10427. I'm also going to take your WhatsApp notes on 0614-104-107. My conversation is with Tessa Dooms and Dr. JJ Daban. SAFM 104.4 FM in Hermanus. Afternoon, Pam. It's NSD. Look, Pamela, um, my relationship with our government is totally broken there's no trust and for that matter i will not vote for them anymore and i will mobilize people to vote against them thank you pebelo i remember during the struggle anyone who supported the national party was regarded as our enemy we the black people the time has come now for us to regard whoever is the member of the African National Congress, each and every family who supports the the ANC should be regarded as our number one enemy. We should start targeting the African National Congress now. This is the number one enemy of the black people in South Africa. People, let us not guarantee the safety of the African National Congress in South Africa. This is worse than the ISIS. The ANC is a killer. Let's stand up against the ANC. Hello, Pimelo. I'm very disappointed in this government, especially our president, Cyril Ramaphosa. How can they say they finished this 500 billion without paying my rights and fifth relief grant? I'm still waiting for my first payment, but now the money's finished. Hey, hey, hey. Thank you. 
All right, so we are discussing our relationship with our government and the lines are open as well on 0891-104-207, WhatsApp notes on 0614-104-107. I'm with uh, Tessa Dooms, who's a social analyst and director at Jasoro Consulting. I'm also with Dr. JJ Dabane, who's a communication specialist and broadcaster. I know, JJ, that you couldn't hear these voice notes, but let me just tell you that one of them was saying that, in fact, in the past, um, we apartheid government was enemy number one and we should all adopt the idea that the ANC should be now viewed as enemy number one and take them out, so to speak. How do you respond to that? Well, I mean, what's new, Pamela, really? I mean, Mandela said this before before passing, that if the ANC government does to you what the apartheid government did uh, to, to, to you, you should do exactly what you did to that government. It It's time for a change. But it's you not know, happening. I, I just... I just but, but it's not, yeah, happening. It's not happening. So, so why, happening. what do you attribute that to? As Tessa was saying, 18 million people decided to fold their arms because they, you know, there may be multiple reasons, but there's no excuse for not voting after so many people died so that we can vote. And if there are 48 parties, well, you can't tell me that you can't find one that resonates with a little bit of what you want to see happening in the country. So the people who did not vote, I've got no time for them, uh, but we need to really... Uh, uh, encourage them uh, to find a home or create one. But also remember, politics is not the only way to get involved in society. A a couple of years ago, a a small NGO called the Treatment Action Campaign forced government uh, to actually give people with HIV and AIDS uh, uh, ARVs when parliament was full of parties who together could not force the ruling party uh, to do the same. So it, it shows that our power doesn't just lie on joining political parties. Mm. And I agree with Tessa then that the new conversation started by the new nation movement, who again is a handful of people who decided to go to a constitutional court when none of the parties in parliament uh, saw sense in ensuring that what's in the constitution must now be implemented, that you and I must be able to stand for office without having to be burdened by, by party political machinations. Hmm. So uh, I think uh, COVID-19 is a wake-up call for all of us to say, you got a government that uh, virtually now literally can kill you for through incompetence, unless you stand up to do something uh, by yourself. Tessa, do you attribute what's happened to just sheer fatigue? In other words, people, you've said to us that, you know, there's this trust deficit in the system itself. Um, you raise issues of how civil society has just not also created jobs. And we don't see people who are on the ground in, in society as being valuable, the work that they do as being invaluable. So we don't see them and validate them. Do you feel that maybe there is just fatigue by citizens? So I, I don't think that there's fatigue, but I do think that there's a much more, there's apprehension. And okay. I think there's a slight difference between those two. Yeah. I think that um, it's very difficult for people who are particularly at the very, very margins that are badly impacted by the bad decisions of this government to feel fatigue because they have to struggle to get their lives just to move forward from mm-hmm. day to day. Mm-hmm. So people aren't fatigued, but they're trying to implement their lives. Yeah. And they don't have time for these party politics and, you know, your factional battle here, your factional battle there, people are tapped out of those political scenes because they're actually tapped into their lives mm. and making their lives work. Mm. And that's why we're seeing community activists that have to take on the role that government would have played. That's why we're seeing people who are 
filling in the oil sector in the millions to get their lives to work because the government doesn't want to recognize micro-enterprises as different and having different dimensions and different needs. So people are just creating, we are creating an alternate South Africa here. And I want to encourage us as, as South Africans to fervently do that, to fervently show this government that actually we are delegitimizing you. You, you are going to be delegitimized. You're going to continue yeah. on your own. But South Africa is going to have to take a very different direction. And it's going to be us in communities um, as activists, creating political parties, creating structures, being willing to run for office in local constituencies. That's going to make the difference. Because once you get to a point where you are completely delegitimized as a government, then you start to see that actually your days are numbered. Until then, until um, the government does not see that South Africa is actually a very different place without them and is going to move without them and we start making a constructive, concerted effort to work together, um, they'll just continue as, as they are. Interesting. Tessa, um, let's just take calls and, and you, JJ, as well, just uh, if you don't mind. I, I don't know, JJ, if you cannot hear the calls, just let us know. Tsepo is calling us from Mpumalanga. Good afternoon, okay. Tsepo. How are you, Australian, I guess? I'm well, thanks. Go ahead, Tsepo. Great. Look, I, I'm very happy with the man at the helm of the political party, the ANC, and the government. But I just believe the guy has the wrong people around him. You know, uh, he has people that are sabotaging him from the inside. Uh, I'm a member myself. Sorry, you're a I what remember, yourself? I'm an ANC member myself. Oh, I, see. I okay. remember in 2017 in Soweto, uh, when we were taking a trip to Nazrek, uh, some comrades were actually saying, we, we, don't, we, don't, we don't feel right with this guy. He seems too strict. And now, in hindsight, I now understand what they meant by too strict. So the problem is the ANC, nothing else. The problem is the ANC, and it's just this phenomenon of a blind loyalty that we have towards the movement. Hmm. JJ, were you able to hear that? I could hear that loud and clear, and I, I... I partly agree with the caller. He says he he has no problem with the man at the helm. In fact, he he trusts him implicitly. Yeah, he must run independently then so that he can implement things because we are tired of hearing about internal sabotage. I mean, who sabotaged Ramaphosa last week uh, from uh, suspending Kusela, uh, Diko? I mean, he didn't need any consultation. Kusela has a political appointment in his office. He could have simply set an example and say you are suspended. You know, they didn't need anybody else in the ANC to help him set a good example of what you would want to see, to just lament and say, I'd hate corruption, or it doesn't help, you know. So I sympathize with him some on some days. On some days, I'm fed up with him uh, for, some, for, for just not doing some basic things himself that don't need a, a, a mass meeting for him to act as president, uh, to set an example of what needs to be done going forward. So... Frankly, he needs to stand on his own if he continues with that excuse. Uh, the constitution is now open, I think, for the next election for people to stand as individuals and not be tied to political parties. Many would say, JJ, well, the president is all about process. And, you know, there's a state capture process that's happening. I know this was not initiated by him, but he's about process. He wants to make sure that by the time something happens, it was all done in the manner that was fair and just and so on. That's why Kusela was not suspended last week. No, but he suspended a minister, a full minister, for two months. You know, why didn't they apply that to Kusel? I mean, that's just a bloody excuse. The president must actually uh, begin to be decisive so that people can believe him when he says he hates corruption. Let's I mean, a- he's been in office for three years now. 
Let's take a quick break and uh, we'll be back with more of your calls. I do see you, Stembiso. I see you, uh, Anonymous, as well from Limpopo. And I'll be back with you, Tessa and JJ, just in a short while. It's still one thirty now. Let's just go to Itzile Saku for the latest in headlines. Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 106.1 FM in Durban North. Thank you so much for staying with us. We're having a conversation about our relationship with our government. And I did say I'm going to open the lines and um, you can start dialing in on 0891-104-207. I'm in conversation with Tessa Doom, Social Analyst and Director at Jasoro Consulting, as well as Dr. JJ Dabani, Communication Specialist and Broadcaster. Anonymous, thanks for your patience. Good afternoon. You're calling from Limpopo. Hi, Pamela and the crew there. Yes. I don't have a big problem with the, the ruling party. Mm-hmm. It's just that they promise us that they are listening. Now, in Limpopo, we don't see them coming, especially Dr. Mkiza and the president, to show us where are the field hospitals, where are the isolation centers. We also need oxygen tanks. We need them to come because now is a very serious time of COVID-19. We can't wait for the storm. The government must just listen as they said they are listening. I'm one of the residents. I'm feeling we are not taken seriously in Limpopo. I'm staying in Messina. How do I go to an isolation center in Mudimulle so far? Where are the others? We need to see where are the isolation centers, where are the field hospitals, where are the oxygen tanks, so that we can feel that we are also South African. So, so let me ask you, Anonymous, in light of what we've just been discussing, do you know your local councillor? Yes. Okay. What, when you ask your local councillor, because that's the first port, port of call, what does he say? They are also surprised. You can see that in the purpose there are no tests. We don't do tests like in Houting, like in Western Cape. It's just like it's life as normal. People are just surprised. So we are just requesting that Dr. Mukhize and the president, they must make a walk. They went to Gumalanga, they went in Eastern Cape, wherever, showing showing that here are the field hospitals. Here is what we want to do. We want to put oxygen tanks. But what about us? Please, they must just listen. They are listening, government. They said they are listening. They must listen to us. Like now we've got a situation of education. The private schools and the public schools, some are going, some are not going. If these kids were writing the same metric exam, we wouldn't be worried whether they are in a private school. We would be happy actually for the private schools to say they are paying, they are, they are, they are doing employment, they are paying teachers on their, from their own pockets, these parents. But as long as they are not writing the same examination, it shows that there is some animals are more equal than others. What is the problem? Tessa, do you want to respond to that, to Anonymous? <laughs> So, I mean, I think the, the issue here is around you can't look at um, government as the president or the minister. As you rightfully point out, government is this entire cascade of people. And we need to hold um, the political parties, because at this point, this is what we're, we're sitting with. We're sitting with political parties who deploy people, and they deploy people throughout this government. They also appoint people throughout this government. And then those people are not um, able to implement, and then we have to call on the president to come and show us a field hospital. It can't be in that position. 
It is not a president who is going to be the one that makes the system work. It's going to be all individuals at all levels. And so she is completely right to point out the question about the the president's ability to deal with deployees and the question about the people around him. Um, You know, we we can't be stuck in a situation where the deployees are of poor quality, but we're so excited about the person at the top. Because the person at the top is not going to be able to be everywhere, do everything. And so we have to have a system where we can hold these parties to account, we can hold individuals to account. We actually have a system that, that is responsive to us at every point in the system. The listening government for me doesn't necessarily mean that the president has listened to me. And we've seen the president now doing these in these attacks things. Just having the president listen to me is clearly not enough because the entire system needs to listen to me. He needs to deploy the right people. He needs to make sure that those people are recalled if they're not doing the right things. The fact that the local councillor doesn't know what the answer is is part of the problem. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's, it was as, as problematic as having that hotline directly to the president in, in almost saying everybody else doesn't have to be accountable. Come to me yeah. with all the problems. And, and of course, it didn't work out, as we all know. Peter, you're calling from, uh, from Newcastle. Good afternoon. Uh, good afternoon and, uh, and welcome to your guests as well. Yes. Um, yeah, look, I think, I think your, 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 your guest speakers there have put it out quite clearly. Um, it goes to one thing, and that is accountability. If we, as the citizens of this country, do not want to hold our government accountable, then why are we voting? It's as simple as that. As a matter of trust, I think government, through its actions, <laughs> have broken the trust a uh, long time ago. If this was a marriage, we would have long time been in a, in a divorce court and uh, proceedings would have already taken place, and as citizens, we would have walked off with the, the house and the dog kennel and <laughs> left them with nothing. But however, unfortunately, in South Africa, we still have to go through at least, I would say, another two generations before the majority of the people in this country are going to vote on non-color lines. You know, I'm a white South African. I'm not privileged. My father uh, didn't get any benefits out of the Nationalist Party. In fact, we fought against the Nationalist Party. Um, but we are, we are seen as, 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 uh, as sometimes uh, I would take it as, as, as uh, additions to, to, the, to the government. When you say um, we, Peter, who, do you ref- who are you referring to? Well, the, the, let's put it this way. The, the, the white-colored and, and Indian people of this country... Uh, we, we just feel like we spare wheels uh, in a car that on, is never used, um, okay. but we've just got to accept what's going on. Peter, don't you know? go. Don't go. I want to ask you another question. Do you, no, think, sure. do you think that black South Africans ha- have it easier? No, not at all. No, okay. not at all. However, the black South Africans, what, I'm, what I've said to you is they unfortunately um, will not vote um, according to the persons that are going to be there to support them and to make sure that they have a better quality of life. They are voting purely on race lines. It's, 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 if anybody can argue that fact, please, I'm willing to listen. What do you make you of know, the if fact you want that, loyalty, you, you buy a dog. What do you make of the fact that there are other, other, other parties with uh, black leaders and they were, not, you know, they were not voted for? You know that. Yeah, but again, that's, what, that's exactly it. There's too much loyalty. 
you know, there's, there's this fear. We, we, I'm trying to deal South with Africans the color. Who, I'm trying to deal with the color. So no, I, no. Look, I don't think I don't think the color line should come into it. What I'm just saying is that, and, and we have to face facts here, that the majority of the people in this country uh, are black, and therefore they are not voting according to the people that will provide them with the best solution. Whether it is a black man, whether it is a colored man, whether it is, you know, race comes into every single aspect of our daily lives. You know, when, when, when a man lands on the moon... Hear me, Peter. Do we, P- ask, P- do Peter, we ask, I think we're talking we past each other. Indian white? No, h- hang on, hang on. I think, I think you misunderstood me. I'm saying yes. to you, you do have alternate parties... Yes. that are governed by black people. So can we park the color aside, unless if you want to stay with that narrative, if you really believe, or is it about other things? So no, no, loyalty it's, it's, and, and, and color, I think, are slightly different. No, no, totally, totally. This, this whole thing, what I'm trying to say to you mm-hmm. is, is that the, 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 it's ingrained into our society. I mean, the, the, the African National Congress even talk about it. They have, they have education schools where they indoctrinate the people the whole time that there is only one party and there is only one vision, which is totally incorrect, totally incorrect. You know, um, I want to go just as far as um, to have a look at empowerment, okay? They utilize not the services of the, of the non-skilled workers out in the field of South African citizens. They don't even utilize the, the skilled work. They go with middlemen, okay? So the, the producers, the people that are actually producing goods in South Africa, are totally left out of it. We have to deal with middle people in able to get our product out into the market space. And at the end of the day, um, one thing I also want to, to, to leave you guys with, and that is, you, we could say it's a conspiracy theory, but China plays a significant role in South African politics, okay? And Jack Ma is, to- is very closely linked to the president. Okay. Now, Peter, look at Peter, the it, seem, it seems to me it seems to me like you've got a, a quite a long point to make. I'm going to ask you to pause for me because I've got to take an ad break, and then I'll allow you a chance to resp- uh, to continue with that thought, and and my guests as well to to respond to it. Let's just take a quick break. Here, there, and everywhere. <laughs> SAFM 107 FM in Thanks so much for staying with us. Uh, Peter in Newcastle, you are still making your point. Peter, you, you're making a point about many things. I'm going to ask you to be brief. A lot of people want okay. to come on and, and you, you, you've you touched on many, many issues. We can't address sure. them all. So I okay. need you to be brief. Okay. I, I basically want to, to commend what, what, what JJ, Dr. JJ said and, and congratulations on your doctorate, JJ. Um, we need independent thinkers. So therefore, going forward, the South African citizen should look at people that are going to address their situation at a local level. Then we can progress to a provincial and a national level. Unfortunately, it's going to take time. Um, in our own town here in Newcastle, the, the mayor was up for murder. Um, the case was thrown out of court and, and, and struck off the roll. But people are still asking the question. Uh, you know, is this the person that we want to lead our town? Um, just because the, the, the police uh, and, the, the, again, we know the quality of criminal investigation uh, couldn't do their job. Um, so, you know, if you ask me, the question was, 
what what is your take on the government at the moment? We've lost total faith in the government. JJ, unfortunately. JJ, Peter likes you, so let me ask you to respond to Peter. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Peter, the, the, the reality is the the, the the South African voter votes according to racial lines for many, many years, not just black people. I mean, look at how many white people think the DA is the only answer. And now they've got uh, egg on their face after the DA messed up over the last couple of years and now has stopped growing as a, a, an alternative. So I agree with you partly, but it's not just black people. It's black and white. All of us uh, uh, like to vote according to racial lines so far, and that needs to change. Uh, it's changing slowly, but not fast enough to make a, a, a big leap. Look how many small parties have been formed. You know, when the UDM was formed, everybody was saying, oh, this is going to be a, a rainbow thing. You know, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, you know, Rulf Mayer and Bantu are going to be, you know, I don't know whether it was Twiddle and Twaddle or whatever <laughs> it is, but black and white. You know, and it all disappeared, you know. And then COPE came, we, thought we were all on a high to say this is going to be a nice party of all South Africans all a, ter- a terrible failures. TA also tried to claim a black and white thing. So it, it, you, you, are, you are partly on the money, but I think we need to understand that not everybody uh, uh, at this point is voting according to racial lines, but they, they are not even voting at all. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, if they are voting according to racial lines, but voting, you know, would not have the government we have now. But if 18 million people did not bother to even vote, we are in, in, in trouble. So you need to be able to say, I'm Peter, I live in Mutuba Tuba or in Umtata, and I'm going to join my local civic body that is going to take on the government on X, Y, Z, or I'm going to join a political party. But you've got to do something. People who are sitting on the fence and just shouting and, 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 and lamenting, I've got no time for them because the country is going to go up in flames and, and, and our children are going to inherit a terrible mess. So we need to to understand that we have given enough excuses to the ruling party now. We've got to overtopple the current guys. There's just no no second way about it. But if you you don't have an alternative to replace them with, we are, we are going to be in ten years time. We'll still be talking like this on SAFM, and nothing would have changed. Tessa, a chance for you to respond to that. Yeah. Tessa. So. Just about the, the voting yeah. and whether people have to vote in order to participate. I think we've already conceded that there are other things other than voting that people can do, and I think that that is as legitimate as voting itself. But people who choose not to vote are saying that I'm not going to throw my polls before swine. I'm not going to just vote for anyone and anything. And that means that there is an onus on people who want to be elected to actually engage with people, engage that 18 million, and give them a reason to vote. We can't just be voting out of habit. We must be voting for something in particular, and I think there's an opportunity to do that. Um, and we, we, the, the call mustn't just be vote, uh, you know, as long as you vote, just vote for anything and anyone as long as you participate. No, we have, we have to create a new culture of voting for something in particular and hold political parties and independent candidates to a higher standard to present something worth voting for. I think that the idea of we're just going to cast our, our ballot and just hope for the best is not the way forward for me um, either. I will take more of your calls. Uh, Mageba, I think you've been holding for a while. Mageba, thank you so much for calling. Hi. Pleasure. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Okay, let me be very short. Uh, my, my, my point is that 
we 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 actually in South Africa we don't want to to to, to deal with the truth. We actually scratch the surface. The truth is, uh, the truth is, if you look at all the at all the the, the situation that is, who is behind the curtain? We don't want to look there. Let me quote from the beginning. If we speak about, uh, the ANC is, is, is a driver now. Sometime back, the ANC in the beginning was known as the terrorist. They were known as the terrorist. Was that true? If not true, who were the terrorists? Okay. Now we have the, 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 the word, which is in the place of terrorist, corruption. Where is corruption coming from? Corruption is coming from a group of uh, psychologists who are using it as a word power or a mental power, which, which is part of that system, if you know the mind experiments which were, which were, which were done in, in Europe. It's, it's, it's a reflection now where people will think in a way that will favor the system. What's happening is now is that the leaders, the leaders of the ANC, are the people who have been won by the system. So what they do now is favoring the system, not the ANC. Those few elect they have been won by the system. And if you charge them with corruption, we'll never get them. But there are those who stood by, who stood firm for the truth, and they, those are bit by bit eliminated in the system so that they are, they are made look bad, so that they, 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 they are demonized. That is what is happening. So what is happening now? You see, that corruption is, 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 that, that corruption is happening is promoting the, 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 the plans of the system. So if corruption does not happen, the blacks or the, the, the South Africans will prosper and the system will fail. I know it is not easy to understand, but that is the fact. That is the truth. What is happening is that, you see, this system is very, is very wide. If these days you speak about GP, that is gender-based violence, but what it discusses is not the actual truth, because the truth is you must get the root cause of something. Then we are right. Thank you very much. I'll get a response uh, from, from my two guests in a short while and I'll also take one or two voice notes before we wrap it up. Here, there and everywhere. Yeah. SAFM 106.2 FM in Tohoyando. Uh, good afternoon. All I can say is that uh, we have a useless president, we have a useless uh, government, useless officials, corrupt officials, so there's no hope anymore. I'm not going to vote for ANC anymore and I'm going to influence people that I know never to vote for it. Hi Pimelo, uh, Tabo here from the R. You know, when I listen to SAFM, people have become so negative. I don't know, is it Corona or is it hunger? You you nearly hear someone saying something positive. When the schools, for instance, was open, the grade 12 and the grade uh, 7, everyone was saying the schools must be closed. Then comes the government, the president, <clears throat> 
announcing this holiday from Monday the 27th. And everyone was saying the government is wrong, the president is wrong. So I don't know, but yeah, our people are so negative. Uh, and, and you know what, when usually they are so negative, they don't come up and say, instead of doing this, do that. But they just complain and complain. I think uh, for me, really the government is trying and, and it's trying and it's trying. But you will never satisfy everyone. Thank you. Good afternoon, Pamela and your listeners. For me, I feel very, very, very confused and disappointed at the same time because transparency happens to be the thing of the past. Even even with these new loans that have been made, uh, I'm, I'm singling out the IMF because on the previous show that I've been listening to, they spoke about uh, it in length. Uh, it shows that um, our government is determined to be reaching the worst corrupt ends as possible. Um, for me, it feels as though the, the borrowing of this money is just the continuation of corruption because it's not properly defined and nobody else would ever know or will ever know what happened to that money. Let me give my guests a chance to respond to that. So uh, one of the calls is saying that, you know, they, they're pretty satisfied. In fact, we shouldn't expect a government to satisfy everybody. Uh, Tessa? Yeah, I mean, the caller was saying that we, we complain too much. So maybe here's some good news. Hmm. I think the, the right left at the end of this tunnel is having citizens who care and care enough to do something about it. And I think the more and more citizens express their frustration means that, number one, they're paying attention to what's happening. I think our country went through a lull for a long time after um, the democratic era started, where we weren't paying attention, where things were, you know, not necessarily happening and, you know, the rollout of services wasn't really there, but we went through a lull. And now people are paying attention. They're listening. They're figuring out what the policy positions are. They're listening to what different political parties are putting on offer. They're watching the parliamentary hearings on the NYDA. We have a citizenry that is actually paying attention right now and giving their views and their pitch. And that is a healthy thing for our democracy. It's an amazing thing for us because it means that no government that comes into power, whether it's the ANC or anyone after it, is going to be able to deal with a citizenry that's just going to accept anything. And I think that is a good thing for us, not a bad thing. Um, JJ, do you want to respond to those voice notes? Absolutely. I think, uh, ironically, you know, the, the caller who said uh, nobody can satisfy everyone. You know, 55% of people in this country live below the bread line. And I don't know whether, you know, it's a, it, it's a term that people don't understand. That This means people don't have money to buy bread, literally. 55%. I mean, even if you say you can't satisfy everybody, you can't satisfy 55% of people who have had hope that when a new government comes in 94, things are going to change. And we can no longer make excuses uh, for, for the ANC in this regard. We have got to take this to be in our hands. The president has told us it's in our hands. 
and that voting them out is also in our hands. And and rather let's fail having tried to change government. And it's not it's not a new thing. I mean, if you look across the continent, uh, liberation movements fail to trans to transition from 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 bringing liberation to maintaining liberation. Man- maintenance of liberation requires a completely different skill set, a completely different attitude. Uh, not of a hero complex to say we've liberated you, so please just let us do as we please. So, so no, uh, South Africans have every reason right now uh, to question things because when you say negative, it's like you are saying, oh, now we must we must just keep quiet when we see 12 million people living under bridges and and going to bed hungry. When we see half of the young people of this country without without proper jobs, when we see corruption uh, that is being rubbed in our, our face, you know, that's one thing if people were hiding. They are not even hiding, you know, and we as a community have glorified corruption. We know these uh, thieves who live in our streets, who, who, who live in our municipalities, and we hardly, uh, uh, you know, you know rat them out. And so we, we, we must know that we also must carry a level of responsibility as a citizen to do something different uh, to change our lives. So, sorry, uh, people are going to have to continue democracies like that. You may think that means people are negative. It's people are seeing things that are wrong. If government want people to be positive, then they will stop doing the negative things. It can't be that people are just budgeted into, you know, blind patriotism so that, uh, you know, we can just have another day of stealing, another day of corruption. Thank you so much, JJ. Really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us this afternoon. Tessa, do you want to wrap it up for us? Yeah, my wrap-up would be this, that if South Africans want to see change, we have to create it. And I think um, this should teach us something, not only about this government, but every government that comes after this, that true democracy means that the people govern, that we govern ourselves. And if we find there are obstacles in the system to us being able to do that, whether it's accountability, whether it's voting the right people into power, whether it's being able to remove people, we must change the whole system, not just... Um, talk about it, but actually change the system ourselves. Tessa Dooms, thank you so much for making the time to talk to us as well. I really appreciate your contribution. Tessa Dooms is Social Analyst and Director at uh, Jasoro Consulting, as well as T, uh, Dr. JJ Dabanu, who's a Communications uh, Specialist, as well as a Broadcaster. Thank you both. Pumzile, I'm going to give you, I suppose, the last word. You're calling us from the Eastern Cape. Good afternoon. No, it's, it's not going to help, uh, Pamelo, because your guest, your guest has already signed off. Do you want a response not, from them? No, it's not going to help. Uh, I've been holding on, and this Dr. JJ something has been saying lots of nonsense, and nobody is coming up to correct and uh, bringing into line. Pumzile, I mean, you, you've got a chance he now he to say left. what... He already Pumzile. left. It doesn't help. Pumzile, it does it help. help me People are listening. People that are listening. That had a free, he had a free line. He's a guest. Attacking government and attacking AMC. You Pumzile. know, now he's leaving, you're giving me to come in. It's Pumzile. useless, it's not going to help me. It's, it doesn't help for you to fight. We can discuss how you want us to do this, but you fighting, no, but you're taking the time. Already. What does it help, no, Pumzile. Uh, no, 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 Pumzile. You've got chance to speak. You've got all the time in the world to speak. And then take but your opportunity to... respond to what I'm going to say, Pemelo? But are you saying that you can't speak without somebody? This chap had a free way. He spoke and attacked government and right. attacked AMC. I wanted to take him on and put facts, but now he has already signed off. What I was going, to, what wasn't going to happen, was a fighting match on air. 
either way, you have a chance to speak. Somebody else has a chance to respond. If you don't want to take the opportunity, that's fine. Are you going to take it? In which case, we will then call you back after the news or you don't want to take that it? That man is misleading the country and the people of this country. Okay, He's I'm misleading. Going to- Okay, I'm going to have to just ask for, for you to pause there because we do have to go to Uzi Lesaku. It's two o'clock. Let's go get the very latest in SABC News. Life happens with Pinelo Mutine. Pinelo Mutine on SAFM. On SAFM. Seven minutes after two. Thank you so much for staying with us. We've got to wrap this up. But before we do that, uh, Pumzile had called in from the Eastern Cape and um, was uh, very um, annoyed at the fact that JJ had to leave. So we've asked JJ to come back. JJ, I hope you can hear us loud and clear. Are you on the line, JJ? I can hear you, Pimelo. All right. Just uh, Pumzile is calling us from the Eastern Cape and he wanted to address some of the things that you were saying. Go ahead, uh, Pumzile. Pimelo, firstly, I want to profusely apologize for not managing my my emotions. I really uh, apologize on air, and uh, but I was actually driven by a narrative that one keeps on listening of people lambasting with no facts on both government and the ANC. People speaking venom on both the ANC and government. Whilst the looters, I mean, J, Dr. JJ must be honest when he speaks to us as listeners of SAFM. He knows it's not government that is looting. He knows it's individuals that are looting and stealing money that belongs to the public. He knows that. But here he's coming to distort and say it's government. It's not government. It's individuals. And this capable government under President Ramaphosa is dealing with these people. Now, recently, a proclamation is signed to deal precisely with the issue of corruption and looting in, this, in the in government. Secondly, he knows it is our brothers, sisters, and mothers that are stealing from government. He knows that. But today he comes here and distort as if it's an ANC-led government that is killing. Lastly, it is not the ANC. We need, Pamelo, to distinguish between an individual that commits wrong and the organization with the brand ANC. The brand ANC has never resoluted and mandated any individual or empowered an individual to go and loot from the state. Nobody. And that doctor, he knows that. But it's very important when people come on air, they don't abuse that platform to attack and lambaste and dog the ANC and the government. This is what I wanted to say. Everybody is at liberty to put his or her points. But you cannot come up here and talk about words of toppling government. What is that? That is equal to treason. You cannot do that. Instead, you must come up with solutions and to encourage people not to vote ANC. It's a direct abuse of that public platform. It's right to say to people, well, as we move forward, there are other alternatives, but there's no need to lobby people not to vote for the ANC. It's an abuse of that platform. You cannot do that, Doc. 
Professor, before you leave, uh, first okay, of all, please. apology accepted. Thank you very much for that. Before Thank you, you leave, very much. Thank you very much for accepting my apology. B- before you leave, Pumzile, I want to just ask you if your reaction is the same with other calls that came in. Are you taking offense because he is here as the guest here? Or is that how you feel about generally people who, who feel what JJ no. was saying earlier on who called in? No, generally people can call in, but a guest, in fact, must be, to me, a guest must not take sides. He must not be biased towards a particular side. A guest must be neutral and offer solutions that are confronting our country. JJ, I'm going to allow you to respond to that because I, uh, yeah, you can, you're capable yeah. of responding. Thanks, Pumzia, for sharing. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Pumzia, for sharing in your frustrations. But uh, I've got to address uh, three quick things. Firstly, I don't have any business of being neutral, whether on as a guest or as a host. I, I, I mean, th- that that is um, simply uh, uh, not democracy. Democracy means I should be able to express my view and say the ANC's time is over, right? Secondly, yes, it is the ANC because the ANC is what people vote for at the polls. So when the Auditor General, like he did last month, says that many municipalities, I mean, in the free state where the ANC is in almost uh, uh, totally in charge of most of the municipalities, there was not even one that could produce proper books. Uh, I don't know who must be blamed. Who must, I must go and find a counselor uh, in, in, in Butabelo to blame. I should blame the ANC because it's the ANC that campaigns and says they're going to give people a better life for all. And they failed to do that. And, and and it's not even me who's saying it. It's the ANC itself that says it. You, you just need to go and read uh, Gwede Mandashe's report, what was called a diagnostic report that he gave in Nazareth. He lists a litany of things that the ANC is doing. Stealing of branches, thieving by ANC deployees, you know, just collapse of service delivery in many municipalities. ANC itself said so. But of course, the ANC wants to be the only ones who can criticize themselves. It doesn't work like that in a democracy. In a democracy, we should be able to say to our leaders, you have failed us, get out, so that other people can get in. But people have given the ANC enough time to govern and misgovern this country, and the ANC itself has recognized that. But they they are saying the solution is to renew. Remember, if there was nothing wrong they were doing, they, they, they wouldn't spend so much time talking about renewal. But unfortunately, someone who's starving and then the World Health Organization is saying we are a, a new hotspot of hunger, even during this corona uh, uh, crisis. Those people who are starving don't care about your ANC. They want a government that can care for them, whether or not you justify it by saying it's not all of government. We know that not everybody in government is corrupt or not everybody in the ANC is corrupt. But collectively, and the ANC loves this collective leadership, the ANC has failed. And you and I must be able to acknowledge that and, and, and decide whether we want to carry on with a failure or we want to put a new government in place. So sorry if I've offended you by saying the ANC must get out, but uh, tough, just tough. Uh, 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 it's a democracy. Democracy means you, one day I'll vote for the ANC. When they fail me, I'll vote for somebody else. And yes, I will lobby people not to vote the ANC again and vote other people. Sorry, Pumzile, you. You, you wanted to engage with them, so I'm going to give you a last word, if you don't mind. We, Go ahead. Yeah, no, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Pamelo. And I hope, uh, Dr. JJ, you will say the same about the DA, who's actually 
misusing and abusing and have disrespect of human rights in the Western Cape where they govern, um, misusing and abusing yeah. uh, human rights where I, I, I stay, in fact, where I live in the Eastern Cape, um, at the municipality under the DA, where a beachfront yeah. has been actually fenced so that black people cannot go there, and in which you can say the same when people are actually driven out of informal settlements naked by the DA. But I agree with you on a part that says we need the ANC to self-introspect. And uh, that is what we do. I know the diagnostic, in fact, raised by the national chairperson of the ANC. But the point I am saying here, uh, I'm still saying you must come up with solutions where not talk, you must come up with solutions and not actually use words such as toppling the ANC. I mean, that is a sort of, to me, you are saying there must that's be a, a solution. Guitar. You are saying to me, there must that's, be a good that's guitar. Exactly, that's what democracy is about. No, thank you very much, JJ, Let's leave it there. Thank you so much for, for, sure. for, for making the time again, sure. JJ, and thank you so much, Pumzile, for engaging. Oh, that will be available as a podcast.